running for the touchdown. Jackpot, baby. Josh Jacobs. Welcome to the JT The Brick Show. Always exciting to play at home. We all want to play at home, and this is an unbelievable venue to play at. It's time for the JT The Brick Show. On a personal level for me, I just, we can't wait to get to game day, right? We can't wait to get on the grass. JT The Brick. Cars up underneath James. Going to fire quickly. Jackpot, baby. Touchdown, Raiders. On Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your host, JT The Brick. Out of the gate, JT with you. As we continue here on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. A very alarming week here in the Raider Nation as details of the Henry Ruggs fatality accident have come to light. As he was brought into court today, we got a chance to see him. The Raiders released him last night. And the details of this crash are beyond imaginable. No one could have expected this. I mean, no one around the world could expect an accident like this with the horrible details. And we got a football team that's all tight with Henry, all friends with him. And they have to find a way to prepare for a football game coming up on Sunday. Welcome to the show as we're brought to you by Golden Entertainment. They have a lot of promotions, a lot of news coming up here that we'll get into. They own the Strat. Sammy Hagar is playing his residency there now. We always promote BT 64 Taverns. Be responsible. 5 to 7, midnight to 2, the best happy hour in town for gaming, food, sports. They're a proud partner of the Vegas Golden Knights. I believe tomorrow we're going to have Gary Lawless on to get a Golden Knights update, which it's been far too long since we've talked hockey here. But, again, we've had to pivot all week and change gears with this show like we had to do a couple of weeks ago with the resignation of the head coach. And I've talked to a lot of people on and off the record over the last couple of days. I'm talking well into the night past midnight, early in the morning, on the events surrounding Henry Ruggs III and what happened with this car accident. So as we begin today, some of that information is in confidence. Other information is public, and we'll talk about it this way. Life is about forgiveness, wherever your faith is. You have people with a tremendous faith who will forgive everyone. You have other people who don't have a strong faith. They won't forgive anyone. I am not here to judge anyone and tell you what you should think of Henry Ruggs III. How dare anybody behind a microphone tell you what you should think about an individual? I have a strong faith. I believe in forgiveness. Someday down the road, Henry Ruggs is only 22 years, uh, 22 years old. He's a kid. He is going to have to save his life, most likely incarcerated, save his life, and get on to the other stage of his life as a young parent with a young baby. And I think of that young baby. I think of the mother of the baby, and I think of what their life looks at as he made the worst decision of his life, and he will pay for it the rest of his life. We found out the details earlier today that he was driving 156 miles an hour with a blood alcohol content twice Nevada's legal limit with a gun in the car as he killed the 23-year-old woman and a dog in that car. And it was a horrific death for that woman. It was an awful way to die. The way he made those decisions one after another was so beyond reckless You can't imagine this. This is beyond a teaching moment. You teach your kids in a 60-mile-an-hour not to go 70, not to go 156 in a 30- or 40-mile-an-hour zone. I mean, you, you can't even wrap your head around what this young man was thinking at that time. As I've talked to people to clarify 
the show here and what we're talking about is that he had every resource in front of him, every resource in front of him not to drink and drive and be out at that time. First off, he has an owner that's sober, has been for a long time. He's got the best player on the team, arguably Darren Waller, who's sober. Max Crosby, the best defensive player on the team, who's sober. And an organization that cares about this a lot and does a lot in the community to stamp out drinking and driving. The Raiders have a fabulous reputation in the community. They do. Now, is that being pressured and put to the limit here with emails that were racial and homophobic and a DUI accident that's horrific? Yeah, that's your decision to figure out what's going on here. I can just tell you what I know from being inside the building. I was inside the building today and talking to people, and I know at the top of the organization and how important this is to them. But for the family of this young woman who's 23 years old and she will not have the rest of her life, I can't imagine what they're going through. It's the biggest nightmare of any family member, any parent, to even think of, a, of this knock at the door and what happened and the way that this woman, this innocent woman, was killed and how that happened. So the Raiders let go of Henry Ruggs III last night, which was the right thing to do. When, you, when they got the details of the situation here, it's obviously the only thing to do. And now the Raiders must move on as an organization and prepare to play football. They don't cancel football games. you got to play them. There's death in the family often. There are things that happen, and players throughout an organization have the ability to worship. They have team chaplains. They have people in regards to faith. They have counselors. They have coaches. I want to talk about the coaches. I know a number of these coaches pretty well. And these coaches are men of high caliber and standards in their community. Well, they are getting put to the test like they've never been put before. Imagine being a coach of a football team and having to go sit with your players in a meeting room and explain what's going on with their life. As this happened to Henry Ruggs, a young woman died, and you got to prepare for the New York Giants on Sunday? None of us know what that means. We have no idea what that's like, and the players don't either as they're back from the bye week, and they're going into these practices and meeting sessions for the first time. So this is alarming. There's no precedent for this. No one has ever been through this before in radio. No one's had to cover a team like this from Brent Musburger and Lincoln Kennedy on the call, Eric Allen and I on the pre- and post-game show, and we don't matter. All that matters is that 23-year-old woman who died. That's what matters, and Henry Ruggs' little daughter and the family there and all the families that were shattered, shattered by this reckless decision by a young man who never had to make that decision. He had countless opportunities that night, starting off at Top Golf and wherever he was, to shut it down, get back to business. He was having a banner year. He was a really big-time player on this team, and he made a decision. Something triggered in his mind, most likely because he was under the influence, twice the legal limit, that he wasn't afraid to get in a vehicle that could kill someone and kill himself and the individual he had in the car. That did not cross his mind at the point where he had to stop and make that decision. And guess what? It doesn't happen to a lot of people. And it's not going to happen to a lot of people down the road. Because people, for whatever reason, that moment... When they leave where they're at and they walk to their vehicle, can't make that decision. They just can't. Some people can and walk to the vehicle and say, you know, I don't feel right. I'm off. I just don't feel right. I feel a little imbalanced here. I'm not going to get in the car. I'm going to go back to the valet. 
I'm going to leave the car here. Other people have financial restrictions. They can't afford to keep a car in valet another day or overnight. And they get nervous and say, I could drive that street. I know how to get home. I can go the back way down Rainbow. I can go this way and stay off the 215 and the 15. I can do it. And it happens in this city every night. And as a dad of two young boys, I don't want them on the road that time of night because I know the type of drivers in this town and they're reckless and out of control. And Henry Ruggs III played right into that. He made reckless decisions. You make decisions at 22 years old that you do not make at 52 years old. You do not make those decisions at 30 years old. You get older, you get more mature. I am not making any excuses for Henry Ruggs, but he's a kid who grew up with nothing. He was an elite athlete. He had it all. He was very sheltered, very sheltered in his life, didn't travel a lot, and he came to the big city. He bought a big car, didn't know how to drive it, was reckless, under the influence, and a gun? Wow. How did this happen? No one suspected this. He was drafted. He was vetted. Everyone knew him on the team and loved him. He was a good teammate. He didn't have two DUIs. He wasn't pulled over for this. No one saw this. I had a guy today say, well, he went to a restaurant and he didn't tip well. Give me a break. When I hate to judge people on what they tip or where they go or whatever. We're not pulling for straws here. Henry's done. His life is ruined. I hope and pray for him that he can get on with his life and find peace in his life someday and forgiveness with this family with this family of the 23-year-old woman who died and get on with his life for the sake of that little child. So I don't have much more to say about Henry Ruggs. He's no longer a Raider. He blew it. He blew it. I've been here a long time, Daryl Russell. I've seen players make mistakes, players lose their lives. I've seen unfortunate circumstances in sports. It's part of my career. This is the worst. This is the worst event I've ever covered in my career. And nothing is even close. I don't want to compare it with anything else. This is sports related. This is the worst story. I hope I never have to come to you on any platform, especially the flagship of this proud franchise with so many people that do the right thing and have to report on anything like this again. A lot of people need to talk this out. A lot of fans need to talk. This is really troublesome. And we got to get on to football because the coach is going to speak today in the quarterback. We're going to try to carry it live. They're going later than usual. I think it's uh, 1.15. So we'll carry that. I have the pre- and post-game host, Lance Meadow, on for the Giants. I work with him on Sirius. He's really good. He's going to walk us through everything that's happening with the Giants as they have some problems, some COVID protocol. And we'll talk about that. And then we got to get into the Raider fans and what the Raider fans' expectations. I don't know what your expectations are. I can't. I can't. This is unprecedented. I don't have the book. I didn't take a broadcasting class on this. I have no idea what you're thinking today. And I usually have a pretty good understanding of what you're thinking. I've talked to a lot of fans who are my friends off the record who have said things and some of the things I will not repeat on the radio. I've talked to other people who are into forgiveness. And the football, the football aspect of this, which we got to get on to quickly here, is very unique. And I said this weeks ago with the resignation of John Gruden, this is the moment for Derek Carr. Unfortunately, unfortunately, this is the moment for Derek Carr. I have true confidence that Derek Carr can handle this because of his faith. 
I talk about faith. You have to have faith to get through every day. You have to have strong faith. Derek Carr has the strongest of strongest faith. And I think that Derek could handle the weight of all these personal issues in his life. This is his number one receiver on the outside. This was his head coach in John Gruden gone. This is There's a heavy load on Derek right now, even though he won't let you know it. Right? I don't know what he's going to say today. Maybe he will. But everybody in the Raider Nation has got to get behind Derek Carr. Would you agree? I mean, everybody, even some of the trolls, even some of the Raider fans and the trolls that have been riding him for four years could kind of look at this situation and wake up and say, okay, enough of this nonsense. I tweeted this today, and I mean it. The Raider Nation has to be so united at this point in time as a fan base. It might be the most united I've ever seen them from a football sense. You know, I know fans have different opinions on Henry Rugg III. We, we know that. Some have hate in their heart. Some have forgiveness. I can't quantify it. But I can tell you that every Raider fan, can you imagine hanging out with a Raider fan ever again who's not behind this team after what this team has been through? Can you imagine knowing a Raider fan at your tailgate or in your house in your bar who sits there and talks crap about this team and is not behind this team in this locker room? Who is that? Who, who can't fathom the gravity of this event with Henry Ruggs III, part of the family, and what happened to him and the reckless move that he made and come together with Max Crosby, Darren Waller, Carr, Drake, Tom Cable, Rich Basacci, and say, we got you. We got you. You're our team. It's a great time to define yourself as a Raider fan. It's very complicated. It's very emotional. No one has the answer. But it's pretty easy from a football fan perspective to say, I'm all in with this team. Every game from here on out is a playoff game. Every game is a playoff game. You have to treat it that way. You have to look at every game and say, I have to look at it differently now. I didn't sleep well last night. I got up this morning. I threw out a couple of tweets on my perspective of this game and what has to happen going forward. They need a moment. They need a moment in that locker room from the head coach or the quarterback that's going to bring them on the field united and to say, hey, we want to play football for the next three hours. Let's go have fun. Let's go have fun and let's put a beat down on the Giants. They're not a very good team. Let's not let them be in the game. Let's put them down and get back on the plane and breathe and heal again, heal again as a family. And the healing will be easier the Sunday night game when Charles Woodson gets his Hall of Fame ring, all the gold jackets are in town again, and you're at Allegiant Stadium. I think that healing will be easier than it is watching this team on the road for an early start. But I'm telling you, this is 23 years with the team. I can't compare this to anything, and I pray to God I never have to compare this to anything again in my life. I can't imagine what these players, coaches, and wives and family members are going through. And we need to be thinking of them all right now because this is the team. And the team is your life, and it's your heart as a football fan and a fanatic, and you got to be all in. So I'm interested to hear what you have to say if you want to talk about the accident and what's happening with the accident and the events surrounding it. For sure, we'd want to hear from you. 702-365-9200 is the number. At JT the Brick, if you just want to get in on Twitter and do it that way. There is breaking news. Aaron Rodgers has COVID. And it turns out he's non-vaccinated. Holy crap! How did we not know this? 
You want another five-star tweet from your buddy JT the Brick? How could the NFL have an investigation into the Washington football team where leaked emails, leaked emails took down the head coach of the Raiders? Follow me. Fact, not fiction. But the NFL knows that Aaron Rodgers is unvaccinated according to their protocol. And the beat writers in Green Bay, the national NFL insiders, and the NFL media partners aren't aware of this. Are you kidding me? The reigning NFL MVP said this past August that he was immunized when asked about his vaccination status. But he had tried to do some hocus-pocus vaccine up in Canada or something, or something when he was on a yoga mat in Hawaii growing his hair out to be John Wick in a costume for Halloween. And no one picked this up? you got to be bleeping kidding me. John Gruden's emails are leaked from seven years ago, and the whole world knows about it. You could be in Malaysia, and you know about these leaked emails. Aaron Rodgers is the MVP of the league, and no one's heard about his unvaccination status? Really? Okay, so this cannot be debated. This cannot be debated. That there is no doubt that the league was aware of this. And the league did not make this information aware. And you could say that's fair. There's a, the union. You don't have to HIPAA. You don't have to put out anything in regards to the health status of someone else. Give me a break. Carson Wentz shows up with a mask on at every meeting. So Rodgers is deemed unvaccinated by the league, shows up for the post game with Aaron Andrews with no mask on, giving her fist bumps, goes to the meeting in the back room, no mask on, growing out the long hair like a hippie. And everybody's like, "Uh, are you vaccinated? Oh, we don't know. He does not play by the same rules that the Raiders have to play by. You like that conspiracy theory? Go run with that one. Bill Williamson coming up as we get going here. The longtime Raider insider on everything that's happening around the organization. Uh, Back to the tweet I said about the game before we get to your phone calls. Tell me if you think I'm right on this. I think now that Waller has to be considered the number one wide receiver. No longer the number one tight end. Forget about this tight end stuff. Don't want to hear it. Waller's the number one target. I want 16 to 18 targets a game, just like Tyreek Hill. And then Foster Moreau moves to tight end, and everybody says how good he is, and he is. And then Moreau picks up those tight end targets, as Waller is obviously still a tight end, but he's more of a wide receiver. So do you you agree with me on that? that Waller must be unleashed on this league the rest of the way. He has to be more of a wide receiver in regards to targets and production. And then Foster Moreau steps in. And if you can get Moreau's numbers up, if you can get his numbers up, and then you can get Waller's targets up again, then you could look at Edwards and Renfro and Drake and add their stats in. Longtime Raider insider Bill Williamson, kind enough to join us. And, Bill, you've been covering the team as long as anybody I know. Just horrific what happened with Henry Ruggs, the young woman who died. How are you processing all this as a reporter? Well, yeah, I mean, as a reporter, you just have to, you just have to do it, right? Um, but as a human being, as a human being who's getting a little older and a little sick of stuff, you know, it's, it's hard, you know? I mean, I've, uh, I've covered the NFL since 1996, and I've covered a lot of bad stuff. Um, I was there, of course, Stringer died of heat stroke. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was Denver uh, Bronco beat writer when Darren Williams was killed at, on New Year's Day. 
eight hours after a game. Suicides. Uh, Devon Belcher, uh, Kansas City Chiefs. And, and they're all terrible. And, and, and this is terrible. And it's, and yeah, so as a human, it's hard, you know, as a person with compassion. But as a reporter, you just have to do it. I mean, the TMZ thing comes out yesterday, and you, the, the complete news wasn't there, but you knew what the deal was. Just wasn't con- quite confirmed yet. You just gotta, you just gotta do it, you know. And, and then I, a few hours later, I did a podcast, and it was the first time I really vocalized it. And it was really hard. I had to cut the podcast off after about, you know, eight minutes because I, I just was, didn't want to hear myself talk about it anymore. Yeah. But it, it's not about me. It, it's you know, it's about twenty-three-year-old Tina Tinter. Um, from Las Vegas and her family and, and, you know, and Henry Ruggs' girlfriend and their child and his family. That's it. And it's about the Raiders and it's about the Raiders fans. It's, 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 it's a wide ranging tragedy. Yeah, it's awful. Bill Williamson. And you know, Bill, this is a guy, I know the backstory on him a bit. We interviewed him on draft night. You know, you think of the success that he's had at a very young age, most of it all at Alabama, but a very young player. He never drove a Corvette. He didn't know how to drive. He'd never been to Vegas. The first year in Vegas was all COVID. These guys weren't at nightclubs. They weren't around town. We all know that because everything was closed. And this was wrapping up a bye week. And this could have happened two weeks ago or two months from now. When you see the details of 156 miles an hour, a gun in the vehicle, uh, the road that he's on we're familiar with here and, and driving. It wasn't like he was on the freeway. It would still be unacceptable. And he was vetted. The reason he was drafted so high is they interviewed him and vetted him over CeeDee Lamb and Jerry Judy, and he was really developing into that player that the Raiders could be proud of on the field at least. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it, it's senseless, and it's, uh, I mean, that's what he's going to have to live with the rest of his life is everything that he has thrown away. You know, including the loss of human life, that's first and foremost. But yeah, I mean, he uh, he has thrown away so much, and just it obviously it's avoidable. Obviously, it, it's senseless, and yeah, I mean, JT, that was basically from what I saw the footage. It looked like it was a residential area that road. Yeah, I know the area pretty well. Not too far from me, and uh, been on that road many times. And I can't imagine anybody going 122, let alone 157, let alone 70 miles an hour. Bill Williamson is our guest. Bill, how do they move on from this? As I said, as you were coming on, I think Waller, line them up wide, line them up in the slot, whatever you do with them at tight end. I think Foster Moreau and Kenyon Drake, those are two guys that have got to pick up the production. Now, what, what Ruggs does is more than production because he was able to stretch the field there and bring a safety over with them. I don't think Foster Moreau can do that. Renfro doesn't do that. But can Zay Jones do it? Because that's been the hype since training camp is Zay Jones. Yeah, I mean, look, this is a uh, – the Raiders, you know, John Gruden and Mike Mayock did a nice job. Their vision was an ensemble piece offense, right, particularly in the passing game. And it was working. It was what made this passing game so dangerous this year is that – you know, while Waller is their best player, of course, it was really the, the, the it was basically let's go the hot guy, the open guy. It may have been just simple as that, the open guy. But there's mm-hmm. so many of there's somebody who's going to be open. You just didn't know who. So it really changed not only game to game or quarter to quarter, but really drive to drive. And I think that's what makes that offense such a headache to 
defensive coordinators this year was that somebody's going to beat you, right? You just didn't know who it was. And that was the frustrating part. Yeah. Um, so I think as far as pressure goes, I think the pressure is most on Waller because he's the best guy. Yep. And, you know, they, they and, and it's pressure on Greg Olson and it's pressure on Derek Carr to get him his targets up. And then I think it goes to Brian Edwards because mm-hmm. he's probably the best true receiver. I mean, you know, Hunter Renfro is a, a wonderful slot guy. But, you know, as a true starting type receiver, prototype receiver, Brian Edwards needs to be the guy. And he needs to be more consistent now. And I think the, the uh, pressure is going to be on him um, because we've seen him. He's, you look at the stats in the fourth quarter and overtime, and they're terrific. But the first three quarters are not so much. So he, that's what he's got to work on. That's what the Raiders have to work on. Um, so, again, this is such an ensemble piece. And Ruggs was a big part of it, 24 catches, 19.5 yards. But he was more of a, a complimentary guy than a main guy, let's face it. Even even this year when he his, you know, when he improved, he was a part of the, of the diverse offense. Um, so they, they're going to have to figure something out there, but the other guys are going to have to do their part too because if they lose another – you know, another piece here to an injury, yeah. then, I could, then there's going to be some real issues. You're going to see some, a real, some real voids in that, in that diversity. Yeah, you're right, because they lost Denzel Good. Richie Incognito's never available. They lost Morrow. Henry Ruggs is gone from the organization. This is still a team battling through injuries and availability going into a big game. Bill, thanks for making time. I know you got other things happening today. We'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. I'll see you at the game. Thanks. Yes, sir, dude. Hang in there, buddy. You got it. Bill Williamson knows the team very well. Good to catch up with Bill as we uh, just did a half-hour radio here talking about the Raiders, Henry Ruggs, what's going to happen with this roster going forward, and how are you hanging in there as a Raider fan? It's been an alarming, tough week for you, and we all are aware of that. That's why we have a flagship station. We'll tell you about Cover Lane, Golden Pipes. You know he does the anthem? Over at the Golden Knight Games, he's performing at Wahoo's. Wahoo's Fish Taco on Eastern, Southeastern. I'll tell you all about those details coming up. That's going to be a great event. Steph McKenzie at the top of the hour. We'll get her opinion on how her show's been covering the rug story. And then Lance Meadow, who covers the Giants. He hosts their pre- and post-game show. He's going to join us. 702-365-9200. The JT The Brick Show. Brought to you by Wahoos, the great location on Southeastern. Can't wait to see my buddy, the Golden Pipes, perform. The monologue was brought to you by PTs. With over 65 locations in the Valley and the best happy hour in town from 5 to 7 p.m. And midnight to 2 a.m. Welcome back to the JT The Brick Show, the place where the Raider Nation calls home since 1998. Gee, thanks for coming back. We appreciate it. Brought to you by PT's Taverns. No matter what you're craving, PT's has you all set up. Especially food, your between-the-bread options covered. Happy National Sandwich Day. Wow, how about that? Come on, working with me today. Bobby's out. He'll be back tomorrow, and it's National Sandwich Day. I've pounded a good sandwich or two in my lifetime, so 
uh, cause for celebration here. And there will be. Uh, this Henry Rugg story is so sad. It's so awful. It really is. And there'll be healing for a lot of people at different levels along the way. And we'll all get through this. Obviously, we care only about the woman who passed away and her family. And that was hard to watch today. Those felony charges of drunk driving. Uh, Mike in Staten, Italy, a police officer, retired police officer, knows all about the details behind this. When you watched it today, Mike, what'd you think? Uh, JT, just going out exactly what you just said, going out to the family of an innocent victim of a, of a really bad, bad decision. Uh, that That's the first thing that came to mind. You have two sons. I have two daughters. It's it, uh, it's just you can't imagine that phone call or, or the police officer showing up at your door and you're a parent. I mean, that cannot be lost in this. It, it uh, uh, just a, a terrifying thing. But unfortunately, uh, JT, that there is a downside. And he hired the best lawyers money could buy mm-hmm. that have a history of getting their clients off on technicalities. His two lawyers that he has hired, if there's one thing wrong on the paperwork, uh, I've made a lot of uh, uh, driving under the influence arrests, and if they don't take a plea deal, I say because of the paperwork and the and the chain of evidence and all of that, it is so difficult for a prosecution to get a, a guilty charge on on this. And again, he has the best money can buy. Uh, I don't want to even get into that, and then just add in uh, having a loaded gun inside inside the car, which just bumps it up. Uh, because there was a fatality that bumps it up to a felony, uh, just just horrific. And JT, we've both been on that on that road. You people shoot in and out of that uh, in, mm-hmm. in, in the uh, shopping centers, going across double lanes. You, you're right. You can't do 50 miles an hour on that on that street without you know double fisting it. And then at, at that time at night, it, it's just again, um, it's too early. To, we got to get all the facts. But again, your heart as a as a parent goes out, and and I do want to see I want to see Crosby step up, I want to mm-hmm. see Wallace step up. They're both sober. I want to see the owner. He he's sober for the longest time. I want to see him. And we know uh, we have a personal friend in JLD that's mm-hmm. sober, uh, and and that what they preach. And and I want to see the team leaders on this Raider team take the next step. JT, uh, and, and and let's just. They they have to, and you know what, Derek Carr's brother, stop with the tweets. It's all about the girls' family. Uh, it, I hope that doesn't make it tougher for for Derek in the inside that locker room because of his brother's tweets. I just I, I just pray that they can all come together and, and do everything they can to get the football game right. come together for the community. That's and right. Las Vegas of all all towns need that to, to to get this message out. And hopefully, what I have um faith. What comes good from it? Like you, you pray that this stops another twenty feet people from drinking sure. and driving. Thanks, Jason. Thanks. You know, you would hope that would be the key, right? The key on all this, because there's always going to be drinking and driving. There's always going to be fatalities. It's never going to go down to zero. But you would hope that something like this would affect a number of people who would make a good decision, not just on the strip, not on the strip anywhere in Montana. Make a decision in Alabama, and I'm sure Henry, the rest of his life, will do something. And try to atone for that. That that has to be the rest of his life going forward. But it's too early to talk about that now. And what's happening. This is a kid who had everything. He had everything. He now becomes the example. The number one example. He's fortunate to have his life. He could have easily died in that accident. Easily.
it's incredible that he walked away from it and he did suffer some injuries. But there was a fatality there, and he's going to have to live with that the rest of his life. 702-365-9200. Passionate Raider, you're up next. Thanks for calling the flagship. Man, good afternoon, JT. Thanks you know, I'm, I'm, yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat you are right now, man. When, when everything happened and we were all hit, hit with it at first, you know, him being a Raider, part of the Raider, part of the family, you know, you, your heart went out not knowing all, this, all the circumstances. But when the circumstances come out today and we heard the evidence and what it said and what it's done, man, goodbye, Henry. Wish you the best. I hope, I hope you, you um, I honestly hope he gets the max. He deserves the max sentence, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I mean, a, a, a innocent daughter was killed. I have four kids myself, you know, and, and if it was just a, a simple accident, but, but loaded gun, 156 miles an hour. Come on, man. There's no excuse. And I hope that this DA uses this case as an example that this isn't going to go on in Vegas. We're not going to deal with this. That this won't happen again with another superstar in Vegas, with another professional sports player thinking they can come here and just live it up because they wear a, a jersey. Because look what this is like. Like like this morning, you know, this is beyond football. And then I and then I'm also. I'm also feeling really horrible for Derek because we all expect Derek just to be the Superman and all we got Derek. Derek can handle it. That's not fair to Derek as a man. He has emotions just like every other man does, and he has to deal with this. And and this is just something else that's thrown on his plate after with John. Now this, I mean, if Derek comes out on Sunday and lays an egg, God bless his soul because everyone's going to just tear him up. But how can a man go function? After all this has happened, yes, we got to go do a job. But th- but football, brotherhood, family, this is more than just yeah. – I, I, I don't know, man. I don't know how we can recuperate. I love your idea of putting Waller. Yeah, we got the players to do it. Yeah, they do. We, we really do. We do. But but at the end of the day, Henry Ruggs is gone, Raider Nation. we got to move on. The dude, he, he, he made a bad mistake. Let's hope it doesn't ever happen again. And, and, and there, there's nothing more we can yeah, do. We, we got it. We got it. We're going to move on. We're going to move on. I, I get it. Appreciate the call. As we said again, they have the players to win. They're playing the Giants. Uh, I'm concerned about the Giants at the level I'm concerned about with the Bears. Let me get that in. What's today, Wednesday or Tuesday? It is Wednesday, right? Let me get that in. I wasn't that concerned with Philly. I told everybody. I said Philly because you know, Chicago, Chicago woke up the Raider Nation to Philly. So Raider fans and the team were ready for Philly, even though they started down 7 nothing and slow again. What concerns me about the Giants is the game's played at MetLife. It's a difficult place to play, weather, wind, all of that. But the other big issue for me becomes what they did with their game plan. The Giants double-teamed Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. That was their game plan. And I listened to it because I was on the air live, and we kept doing what we call live looks. So we were going to the feed of the game on my national show, and Kurt Warner was on the call. And Kurt Warner kept saying, and Kurt Warner's really good on radio, he said, no one's open. Patrick Mahomes couldn't find anybody open because they double-teamed Kelsey and they double-teamed Tyreek Hill. Doesn't that sound exactly what they're going to do to the Raiders? They're going to double-team Waller, and they're going to double-team someone else. 
and Carr is going to have to check down. This is not a bad team to check down against because the Giants play soft coverage. They give you 20 yards. They give you 15 yards. So I think you're going to see a lot of quick passes from Derek, and guys are going to have to get upfield and run through the numbers and get upfield that way. I don't think this is going to be the game where Derek could just sit back and throw bombs deep downfield. The Giants played a very good defensive game against Kansas City. Kansas City had a very difficult time moving the ball. Eric in Santa Rosa, you're on Raider Nation Radio. Hello, Eric. Hey, JT. Thanks for taking my call. Thank you. Um, this is one of the darkest days um, in the history of this team. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it absolutely breaks my heart. My heart goes out to the family of uh, this young woman who was senselessly killed. Um, I want this to be less about Henry Ruggs and, you know, people call it a decision. I don't think it's a decision or a mistake. I'm sorry. It was a decision that he made. It's not a mistake. Mm -hmm. And um, I I really hope that the Raiders organization does something for this family um, in honoring their daughter and honoring them. Um, and I just, you know, hope and pray um, for this family. It, it's just, it's incredibly hard. Um, yesterday was difficult, and as soon as I got home last night, the first thing I did was I hugged my mom, um, mm-hmm. and and that was hard. Um, so uh, I want this to be more of, you know, us focusing on the victim and and paying our respects to her than it is um, paying any attention to rugs. I get it. He's a Raider. Um, once a Raider, always a Raider. But this is just a tragic situation, and uh, I just I, I don't have any tolerance for it. Yeah, I don't either. I've been talking about it. I backed it up my entire career, saying don't drink and drive and the impact that it has there. And I've tried to tell st- stories, uh, little stories in my life about you know how I preach to my kids. But you kn- you know you don't know what what happens here with DUIs. Everybody thinks they have the answer until your night's up and you, you're not un, you're under the influence and you talk yourself out of it. That's why as a leader, when you're out with four of your buddies or you're out with your wife or you're out with a bunch of friends, you have to stop. Someone's got to lead and say, no, 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 no. You had six beers and the guy says, well, no, that was four hours ago. No, you're out. You had six beers and you want to drive? Because what, you've sat for two hours and had a bowl of chili and some wings? No, you're out. You're, not, you're no longer allowed to drive. You made the decision to put alcohol in your system. You can't drive. It should be a really easy decision in Vegas because Vegas is so alarming. It's so aggressive, the nightlife here. There's so much happening. There's so many bad drivers that you should be thinking about that two hours before you go out. My neighbors and I, were going to dinner Friday night. We, we got a car service. I don't know how, my, how many drinks I'm going to have. I'm going to have one or two at home. I'm going to have two or three at the restaurant. It's never an option. It's not, hey, my, hey, I'm not telling my wife to drive. She's been working all week. She wants to have a glass of wine. So it's out. It's not even a conversation. But then you got to tell 22-year-old kids that who have a gun and a brand-new vet. Good luck with that. How do you get through someone like that? I don't know. I don't know. I've never been in that situation before. I don't know how you get through to a 22-year-old football player making millions of dollars who bought a vet, doesn't know how to drive it, has a gun in the vehicle, and is going 157 miles an hour on a rural street. You can't get to that guy. Something changed with that guy that course of the night. And it's unfortunate because he's finished. He's done. 
and the writers, the family, will help the family out and we'll move on together. 702-365-9200. Steph McKenzie at the top of the hour. We go to New York to the host of the Giants pre and post at about 1.30. Oh, and Rich Passaccia's press conference. We're going to carry that live on Raider Nation Radio. The JT The Brick Show is brought to you by Remy Martin. Team up for excellence. The JT The Brick Show is brought to you by Sam and Ash, proud partners of JT and the Raider Nation. If you get into an accident, call 702-820-1234 or go to SamAndAshLaw.com. JT back with you. As you heard, brought to you by Sam and Ash Law. They're my friends. They're my personal injury attorneys. They're very aware of the situation. We're going to have them on later this week to just have a positive conversation about DUI and how it could help some of our listeners out there. Welcome back. Lance Meadow at the bottom of next hour on the Giants. Steph McKenzie at the top of the hour. I am furious about this Aaron Rodgers situation, about him not being vaccinated. Look, if you don't want to be vaccinated now, more people are vaccinated than not. I'm vaccinated. The majority of people are. And people in leadership roles tell everyone they're vaccinated. Why wouldn't you? If you're vaccinated, why wouldn't you tell everybody, stand on the roof of your house and say, I'm vaccinated? You got the shot. You might as well tell people. Everybody else has it. All the football players have it. And Aaron Rodgers does it. Aaron Rodgers doesn't. So what disturbs me about this topic is it's a media driven topic follow me it's media driven he's got a lot of friends in the media correct he does media interviews with aj hawk pat mcafee he goes on with he'll talk to mike silver this or that none of those guys didn't know he was unvaccinated none of them huh what about the guys who cover the team how would you feel in las vegas today if Derek carr held the press conference and Derek carr tested positive for covid which you can with the vaccine but you might not be on a uh, ventilator, and you might live. So what happens if Derek Carr has this press conference, and the, the team says Derek can't play against the Giants, he tested positive, oh, and by the way, he wasn't vaccinated. How would you think of Paul Gutierrez, Vinny Bonsignor, Vic Tafer, me, anybody who covers the team and has a relationship with Derek? You'd come out all of us. You'd be like, what, what, what were you doing? <laughs> like, no one has a relationship with, with the quarterback. What is going on in Green Bay that no one said, man, I heard this rumor that Aaron's in the meetings with a mask on, but he doesn't wear it after the game, and he doesn't Zoom. This doesn't make sense. And then the gall of him, the gall of him to give this answer about being immunized. No, you weren't vaccinated under NFL protocol. Demond, do we have the soundbite? Listen to how smug he is when he was asked earlier this year about his vaccination status. Are you vaccinated and what's your stance on, on vaccinations? Yeah, I've been immunized. Um, you know, there's a lot, of, uh, a lot of conversation around it, around the league, and a lot of guys who have made statements and not made statements, owners who made statements. Um, you know, there's guys on the team that haven't been vaccinated. Uh, I think it's a personal decision. I'm not going to judge those guys. Um, there's guys who have been vaccinated that contracted COVID. Um, so it's, it's an interesting issue that I think we're going to see. All right, so that's basically what he had to say. It's an interesting issue. He's lying. He's lying. I've been immunized. I was up in Canada at some film with my, my fiance. How's that working out, by the way? 
So all of this, he has preferential media treatment. This is the perfect uh, platform for me to say this. Hey, Raider Nation, do you think the Raiders, the owner of the Raiders, the Raiders get preferential treatment from NFL media? Bueller? Anybody? I'm, I'm giving you facts about Aaron Rodgers and the way he's treated by the media and, and tie that into Raider fans and the way you feel mistreated about the Washington football team investigation, whatever, whatever you want to get into. 702-365-9200 as DeMond's feeding me the calls as we keep this going here. Uh, let us know, and we'll get you up here. Who's next, buddy? Raider Bull. Raider Bull. You're up next. What's happening, Bull? Uh, thank you, JT, for letting me in. I, yeah. uh, I just wanted to say first, I want to thank you for your encouraging commentary on this Henry Rugg situation. Uh, it makes me feel a little bit better just hearing you talk about it and express your thoughts. Uh, I've been a Raider fan for a long time, JT. I go back to early 60s in junior high school when the great Clem Daniels was my uh, gym teacher, a substitute gym teacher. Mm-hmm. And I've followed all the games, and I've, I'm 73 years old now, but I'm telling you something, I've never been this hurt. And it's a hurting thing to think about this. You think about the family of the deceased. You think about Henry Ruggs' family, his little girl, and just how uh, how hard it is to. to uh, I guess all we can do now is pray for both both sides and and uh, hope that the best comes out of the situation. Also, JT, I just wanted to express those thoughts. I, I it's hard for me to talk right now and express mm-hmm. myself. But uh, we got to get together and get ready for 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 Sunday. We got to regroup. Yeah, we do. Appreciate it. Yeah, appreciate it. Thank you. And we will regroup. We'll host the pregame show Sunday at at the M Resort Spawn Casino early in the morning. And we'll get together and we'll cover that. Eric Allen, I haven't talked to him about this yet. We've been texting back and forth. But we'll, uh, we'll open the show and address the situation with Henry Ruggs and then move on. I'm supposed to interview the coach tomorrow. And I think this is an event that everyone's going to move on from because Henry was let go from the team. That was a good decision last night. Can you imagine what the executives of the Raiders must have been thinking when they got the report and what happened with Ruggs and how fast he was traveling, the gun in the car? Gone. Done. So he's out. He's no longer a member of the team, but he's part of the family of a lot of the players there who really deeply care for Henry. He's got great friends and teammates with the Raiders, and many will step up for him. And that's the right thing to do. His faith will be tested, and he'll need the support. And there's a beautiful baby. My wife follows Henry from day one, and my kid's on Instagram. I'm not on it, but they follow him. And his daughter on his lap in restaurants. And you know, the kid had everything going for him. And he made a tragic, tragic era in life, and he's going to have to pay for it. Fargo Raiders on deck on the flagship Raider Nation Radio. Go ahead. Hey, JT. Thank you for taking my call. I don't really have anything to say about the whole incident other than, you know, my heart goes out to the family of the victim and to uh, Rugg's daughter and his girlfriend who's still recovering. I'm going to say that Derek has to continue to be that steadfast leader that he has been. I think he can help keep them through this. I'm sure he has plenty of words of wisdom and encouragement for the guys that are in the locker room with him. Uh, I'm 100% behind my team. This, the team didn't have anything to do with the, the decisions and actions mm-hmm. of the individual, so I'm going to stand behind my team like I always have. I love my Raiders. Nice. Nice. Thank you. That's what you should do. Good phone call. The owner's sober. You know, you know what Mark Davis thinks about race, religion, sobriety, the fans, 
The guy didn't go to a game because no, no fans could go. He sat out the whole year. If, if you don't know the character of Mark Davis, stop me in person and ask me about it. I get a couple of clowns every once in a while say, yeah, I support the owner too much. Why wouldn't I? He's my friend. I, I believe in his character and our friendship and his principles. And I know how much he's hurting right now from what happened with John Gruden and Henry Ruggs. Mark Davis generally cares about all of these people. And I'm thinking of him right now and his mom and the family and how they're getting through this in the Raider Nation. Very difficult times, but there's a game to be played on Sunday. We'll preview it coming up with Lance Meadow. He's going to join us. He's pre and post, does what I do for the Raiders. He does it for the Giants. Also has a talk show on Sirius XM. He'll give us a deep breakdown. Jim Plunkett on Friday. I'm trying to line up Bill Romanowski. We're trying to get Jeff Hostetler. You know, we're always pushing, working the phones, trying to give you the best content you can find in Vegas. We try to do that every day. Right here on Raider Nation Radio, brought to you by Remy Martin, Team Up for Excellence. Remy Martin there with me Sundays. The JT The Brick Show is brought to you by PTs, the best happy hour in town and an official partner of the Vegas Golden Knights.